What's up, everybody? Troy Cartwright here. Welcome back to another episode of Ten Year Town. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to remind everybody to join the Ten Year Town community. You can do that at tenyeartown.com. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up soon, and the people in the community are going to be the first people to find out about it. Thanks. Today's guest is songwriter Sam Sumser. Sam has written songs for Lizzo, Chris Brown, Jason Derulo, many, many more. He lives here in Nashville now, and he's got a bunch of great country cuts as well. We spend a lot of time in this episode talking about the differences between LA and Nashville, how to stay sane, really just honing in on the journey itself. And I think you're going to learn so much from this episode. I really enjoyed my conversation with Sam and I know you guys will too. So without further ado, here it is. Are we, uh, are we rolling? Okay. Um, dude, where are you, where are you from? Originally. So we're just jumping in. This is this is go time. Yeah, we're just rolling. Awesome. Yeah, um, Northern Virginia. Northern. So right outside DC, Fairfax is okay. I usually say DC, but if you know the DMV area, then I don't. But I was just there. Northern, Northern. You would if you, depending on what size places you're playing. You jam in Java. A lot of people would know. In the I played Pearl Street. It was in the Wharf. Oh, is it that was like to Baltimore. No, no, it was like downtown. I mean, like oh, cool. we Ubered to the Lincoln Memorial, and it was like five minutes. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah I don't know that one. Yeah, it, it was cool, man. Yeah, DC sick. I always enjoy it. You know. Yeah. Um, did you did you move straight here? Like I did not. What um, happened? Straight straight out of college, moved to LA first. Okay. I'd done a lot of trips here, but LA um, happened first for. You know, my first cut was a pop cut and gotcha. all the excitement happens and you think you got to do certain things and moving there was one of those things. Um, so I was there for about five years and I've been here for about five years. So I was okay. excited because the math adds up to 10. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to add, I do always ask like, how long have you been in town? So I've been in town for five. Okay. But technically if we're, if we're, if we want the 10 year town thing. Yeah. I uh, haven't, I haven't been in town for 10 years yet either. So oh, I'm, I'm also doing fuzzy math. To okay. Get yeah. There. Um, How long have you been here? Let's see. 2016 June. So is that eight? It'd be almost eight. Yeah. I say seven. Uh, I like to round down. It makes me feel like I'm doing more quicker. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I've been in Nashville for five. Okay. Yeah. So you were in LA for like five years. Why? What, okay, let's go back a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you're in college, I guess you're doing, what did you like major in? Business. Okay. Um, I actually liked it, but it had nothing to do with music at all. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'd, you know, it helps me with taxes and stuff, but. Um, I guess, yeah. I was in bands though, okay. growing up and throughout college. Yeah. Figured out I hated being in bands. Um at least those bands, love the guys, but it was just, I always say it's like doing the, the school group project, being the guy that does it all and everyone gets yeah, the A. I totally get that. You definitely get that. Yeah. Um, but loved, loved the writing part. I was writing the songs for the bands and that started to be other local bands I would write for those guys and it just grew from there. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and were you, did you, was that kind of when you got into like production at first or? Kind of. Um, I was just doing it because I didn't want to pay someone else. I was just cheap college kid. Sure. Um, I work now with a partner. You've met Sean. Yeah. Um, he was actually the guy that I found that was like recording people for cheap. Okay. And so I started seeing like through him and a couple other friends, like, oh, these dudes like record themselves with like a, like a garage band type thing. And then just had time in college to sit in my dorm room while everyone else went out and partied yeah. and learned the nitty gritty. Yeah. Still don't know what I'm doing, by the way. Yeah. But does anybody, I I did. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so was writing with him and this girl, Chloe Angelides, who's a, a big writer in LA too. Okay. And somehow, I think she had moved or somehow someone had heard some songs and Jason Derulo wound up cutting one at like the peak Derulo. It was like Talk Dirty era. And are you living in, where are you? I'm, I'm, I'm living on my friend's couch in LA. Okay. Um, somehow I got introduced to Tom Higginson from the Plain White Tees. Yeah. Who's awesome. And I think he now lives here too. If you okay. don't know him, you should meet him. Sick. Great guy. Wrote Hey There Delilah by himself. It's a lucrative, lucrative copyright. He made it a couple bucks. Yeah. Um, and so he was, after writing with him, he was like, come out and stay on my couch and happened to be in Malibu. And I was like, that's a great couch. Yeah. Um, so I did that as long <laughs> as I could. And, uh, the Derulo thing happened and you know, the normal, like it's going to be his next single. And of course. Yeah. So I met like every publisher and there's just all this excitement and, um, did the publishing dating game. Okay. Went to the album release party. They were like, yeah, it's between this song and this other one, um, Trumpets. And they played Trumpets, and I was just like, mother of God. Is, I'm screwed. Yeah. Anyways, um, I signed out there with Lava. Jason Flom had a publishing company at the time. Okay. Um, and so that's why I ultimately moved there. I had the deal out there. The team was there. Yeah. Just um, made sense. Yeah, it was a hustle, though. Yeah. LA is a hustle, especially in the early years where you're doing the speed dating game. Well, yeah, like a lot of people say it's different, but you've sent, spent equal time in both. So mm -hmm. like in what ways is it is it different? I think people would be curious to know that. Sure. I love it here. Yeah. Um here being Nashville. This is Nashville versus LA, just right. to clarify. Um I think the quality of life outside of the writing room, first of all, people are just nicer. Oh, you can connect with people more. It took me a second to get back to like, oh, this guy actually wants to help me bring my bags inside and not rob me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember um, moving here and I moved in my studio space, Jimmy Robbins, another producer and his wife, Sarah, have this building with studios in it. Yeah. And they were so nice. I remember thinking like, they might be serial killers or something. Like there's no <laughs> way they're this nice. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, two is like the people within the writing rooms. I feel like, like we've met once formally yeah. and I like just in, thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with you. Oh dude. And that Likewise. would never, like no one would be like, Hey man, come on this podcast from that. They'd right. be like, well, he's not, if he's not popping right now, then fuck him. <laughs> Sorry if I can't cuss. No, you, you absolutely can't have a bad mouth. Um, yeah, it's just like, there's a lot of like looking over your shoulder people where they're looking for the next big person yeah. in the room and i can't stand that yeah i, I know there's, there's some of that here too well but. i think yeah it does happen it's a lot more like you're at a cma after party 
And you can just feel when you're talking to someone and they're scanning the room to see if there's someone more important that they can talk to. But exactly, you know, I, that's that's pretty few and far between. And also, like, who cares? Like, maybe they probably need to. That's the other thing I try and like remember. It's like, that's fair. Oh, you know, that's really actually maybe there's somebody fair. that they need to talk to. And um, but yeah, it, it doesn't. That's like the only time where I ever feel that way in Nashville. Yeah, I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's better. Um, and just like the songwriting here is celebrated a lot more. Mm. There you can go pretty far as just a producer or just from who you know. And here it's like, they really, you, you know, everybody here just loves the song. Yeah. And so do I. Yeah. Um, it's a songwriting town for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you signed this deal in LA. Are mm. you, you're doing the speed dating thing? Is it, I, I guess like it's it's all songwriting, but they're are they throwing you in there more, like as the producer predominantly? Um, yeah, that's your kind of your role or supposed to. Yeah, be. Um, yes. I started out as just a songwriter, okay. uh, and then it became more of the producing thing because of that Jason Derulo cut. It, if we back it up, it, I had a really skewed version of how it was going to go. It started out <laughs> like, a, like was out there. Yeah. There, you know, as, as I said, everyone's like, it's the next single. And so the, the head of his, his A&R at the time called me randomly. I was just like at lunch and he was like, hey, man, you're going to get a call from Dr. Luke. And at the height of Dr. Luke, it was like Katy Perry, Teenage Dream, Dr. Luke. Um, and so I get a call from Dr. Luke and he's like, hey, do you want to come over to my studio in Malibu with Circuit and finish that zipper record? I was like, yeah. So I go over there. They're ordering like hundreds of dollars of sushi and I'm just watching Dr. Luke and circuit, like finish my song. Wow. And I'm like, okay, like I made it. I'm about to be Max Martin. This is the best. Like yeah. it was so easy. Right. <laughs> and it just went so downhill from there. Really? I mean, that's a high expectation to have. Yeah. And it didn't single. It was like a track 12, which is still cool. Right. Um, but I had a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dues to pay. It's not easy to just become Dr. Luke with a Jason Derulo album cut. Right. I'm grateful for it. <laughs> grateful for what I learned that day. But yeah. So then it went back. To, well, so everyone comes in. I'm the new guy who's like, yeah, he just worked with Luke and Circuit and yeah. Jason Derulo's next single. So I'm going in these rooms and they're thinking I'm going to be like a lot farther along than I, I was faking it. Sure. Yeah. Till I make it, you gotcha. know? Um, so I felt like it was just like one of these guys and now we're like coming back up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was all great. Everyone goes through the same process. Um, it's just like at that point, it was like Jason Derulo's next single after Talk Dirty. Like I might retire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, so then speed, speed dating game, exhausting, broke. LA is so expensive. Right. On a new writer deal. It's Are the deals structured the same? Mm -mm. Um, I mean, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so like your standard Nashville deal is like you get a draw and that's like you're going to get maybe like a three-year deal where after the first year, you know, your publisher decides like to pick up your option or not. But your your yearly pay is like... It's like a salary, right? Yeah, you have to pay it back like through recoupment, but yeah. you know, yes, it, it is more like a salary than than not. It is guaranteed to come to you every month until your deal is up. Yeah, which is kind of nice, especially for a younger person to like, yeah. like in the pop world, you get it all. They front. just give you all the money. You get a lump sum. So whatever 
like that three year deal might have added up to, they would probably just give to you. Okay. Which you don't know anything about, or I didn't know anything about taxes, saving money. Yeah. Like how well I'm going to do or not do after that. Yeah. So, you know, I got like a house that was like $3,000 a month, which looking back, like was so dumb. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so blew through it fast. Because, I mean, it was still, like, nothing crazy. It seemed like a lot of the time because you get it all in one chunk, but then you realize, oh, shit, taxes. and Yeah, taxes. Um, and, and then, yeah, it's like, oh, it's going to be. Oh, it costs 80 bucks to fill up my car with gas there. Yeah, yeah. and, like, you don't know how long till the next uh, till the next chunk of money is going to come in, right? And it never did. <laughs> it never did. So yeah. it gets to a point in my deal, there was, like, they gave me, instead of just like the full chunk, it was like 75% of the chunk. Yeah. Then in six months, like the 12 and a half, and then another six months, the 12 and a half. Sure. And because I wasn't making anything, they, the, the company was kind of newer and they, all the people who were working kind of left. And so Jason Flom decided like, we're just, we're not going to pay you, but we're going to let you out of your deal with all your songs, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. That's sick. And lucky. Yeah. So yeah, that was the end of that deal and I was dead broke and freaking out and um, my girlfriend who's now my wife at the time doesn't work in music. She like hated LA. Yeah. Um, and I had been going back and forth to Nashville all the time. Loved okay. it. Saw kind of where it was going and growing um, and she kind of made the decision like, we got to get out of here. Let's go to Nashville. Dang. Packed up the car, her, the dog, me. Get a call from a buddy, writer buddy. He's like, hey, man, um, I know you're leaving today, but like, do you want to stay an extra week? I got this artist who's kind of starting to pop off and not really. Um, you want to come do a week of sessions? And it was, it was Lizzo. Wow. Before Lizzo, it became Lizzo. Yeah. So I was like, uh, like watching, you know, sent my wife and my dog to drive across the country. I was like, am I the biggest <laughs> jerk ever? Um, yeah. It paid off. It did. It did. Um, yeah, got, got a got to be on Juice with Lizzo and Teron Thomas was the other writer's name who just won Songwriter of the Year last night. Wow. Yeah, he's a good buddy. That's um, awesome. So that and then like two other things that were kind of in the works blew up like as we're coming to Nashville. Yeah. So we never got like the glory in LA of having like cuts people can point to, but um, it all worked and um, I wound up signing with Reservoir when I got here. Okay. And I went with them because it was the first time I ever had a team that like understood me gotcha. as a writer and producer or person. Yeah. And I'm like super paranoid about my schedule. Really? I just am anxious. And if, if I see that I have every day booked for the next three months, I'm like, oh my God, like what, what are we doing here? Like if they have it booked, they don't put it in the calendar that far out for me because you just want to look like a couple weeks down the road and yeah it's just too much for me to think about like i i can't finish what's in front of front of me if i'm like worried about i hope i need to get some stuff ready or some ideas ready for wow. these projects or yeah like i said i'd always feel behind so dang that's really interesting yeah that is fascinating i'm jumping around a little bit but um yeah so anyways um la learned a ton met a ton of people yeah glad i did it very so, glad to be here so Okay, I I feel like there's a couple of places we can go, but okay, you have a song that you're on, mm -hmm. like the Lizzo song, like mm -hmm. Juice. Were you able to go back to LA at all? And like, did that change the nature of the rooms that you were getting into? Definitely there. Yes, um, all the rooms I was trying to get into, I I could get into. Yeah, but 
at the same time, um, that song blew up and then COVID happened. Yeah. But I was just also getting so busy here that yeah. I didn't want to go back. I, I like I'll go back to LA when it makes sense or if it's a project I want to work on, but I don't feel that tug that I think people who haven't lived there feel yeah. to go. Yeah. Do you go there? I've never been. Ever? I mean, I played a show there a couple years ago. Yeah. I've never done the like gone gone to LA to write songs trip. Yeah. That uh, and I've always wanted to. Yeah. I just never have and then I talk to my friends all the people that I know that write out in LA come here and I'm like, what's it like? And they tell me and I'm like, well, that, okay. I don't know if that sounds like what I want to do in LA. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm just like, you know, stuck in my ways and I like being home. And <laughs> Yeah, dude, same. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes when you're in like the dead of January and it's 12 degrees, I'm like, maybe I should go ride in LA for a week. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't even know how I would do that at this point. Like I'd, I mean, you could. You think so? I mean, I just feel like real songs are cool again, you know? Yeah. So I feel like real writers like yourself can go out there and people will will use you however they can. Yeah, I mean, it would be fun. Uh, maybe. A, but again, if you're a homebody, there's no need. I mean. A lot of the cool people are, are moving here. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Nashville's pretty cool now. Nashville's the coolest. <laughs> it's always been to me, but yeah. yeah. Um, I am very familiar with Juice and, and like, did that song actually go i know it was a massive song dude it peaked at like like high 20s okay so it did it like i don't understand how pop like number ones work because like it's I so read, different i read the other day like matchbox 20 like or sorry not matchbox 20 maroon 5 only has like five, actually like five number ones which even though you is would crazy you would think they had like 40 yeah, which they probably do have like forty top twenties, and and I'm I'm really messing up those numbers, but the amount of number ones they actually have, is, yeah, is uh is quite a bit lower than I would have thought. So is it just it's not like country radio? It's just kind of yeah. There's like I guess the easiest way to think about it is there's like how many number ones in country do you think there are a year? Like forty five. Yeah, something like I that. I feel like it's like seven or eight in pop. Okay, so, so it's like yeah, it it literally is just like they hold it down yeah um if it's a big song it's gonna just sit there yeah so you might hear a song everywhere but it's not it might not be a number one gotcha yeah but it was probably pretty life-changing i'd imagine oh yeah it was awesome yeah i mean she is a was a whole another animal as far as like watching an artist take off she went from what it seemed like to from the outside zero to 100 i know she'd been working her ass off but yeah um yeah man i mean it was That's crazy crazy dude and it was just one of those songs that everybody it's a good wedding song. Like it's like at like weddings and like parties. Yeah. It's like a you good, just, all, like my grandma loves it, you know? Dude, you just feel good when it comes on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so in that way, it was everywhere. It wasn't necessarily like a number one on radio, but it did its thing and yeah. was very lucky and happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like at this point, you're in nashville but it's like covid when it's happening well starting to happen so i kind of said that wrong i kind of had a year of it starting to build okay and then she had another song kind of blow up in the middle of juice rising gotcha um which also affected how far it went um i see that truth hurt song yeah like blew up off of a sink in like a netflix show crazy because that song had been out for like five years 
Yeah. Which is nuts. Um, <laughs> and cool. Yeah. Um, no song is ever dead now. I know. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I just want my songs to live quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, so it kind of started like really hitting, like she, Lizzo was like really hitting her stride the end of 2019, I think. Um, and it was like March, 2020. Yeah. So we were getting in like doors we couldn't get in before. Um, are you still writing at this point? Like, do you write with your partner, like the whole, like your production partner, like during COVID? Write? No, just like in general. Yeah. Yeah. We're like a partner duo thing. Okay. Um, it's like pretty much a hundred percent of your rights. Yep. Awesome. Um, it wasn't always that way, but, um, the farther we got, it was just like, we've been in the trenches. We know what to do. Yeah. Um, which was a kind of a weird thing moving here um, because the splits are so coveted, which I get. Yeah. Um, but we're so easy, dude. Like if someone comes to us and is like, hey man, uh, like you guys should, you know, split a, like one person share, then yeah. usually someone asks and like, Whatever. of course. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. If, that, if that's the deal breaker for you. Then yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to make great stuff. So dude, I yeah. If we're getting caught up on some dumb number, screw it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, like what did you, I don't know, what happens after that? Because it's like random. And so, it's not random, but it's like completely different than like the Nashville. Yeah. And so like country scene. Yeah. I'm sure it matters. People think it's cool. So they want to write. And well, so there was like, we had a Chris Brown single at the same time. Yeah. And then like a Juice World Kid Leroy thing. So it was like all pop stuff. Wow. And again, another moment where it was like this is going to be easy <laughs> moved to nashville and mitchell tenpenny who i had known and been writing with for a while we had the song alcohol you later and he like literally like two weeks after i moved he was like dude it's going to be the next radio single and i was like holy shit this is fucking wow. perfect um and it like again like i think it was like barely got into the 30s and i was yeah. like no I remember going to breakfast with somebody who didn't know I like produced it. And he said, he like was like, yeah, man, if the production was better, it would have, it would have gone. And I was like, yeah, I know who did that. Who did that? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Check please. Wow. Yeah. Um, Brutal. I mean, it's in the moment you're always like, that, that was my one shot. Now the whole town is never going to work with me and stuff. But yeah, as you, I'm sure know, like looking back, those were all just such good learning moments. And well, I mean, you know, uh, this town will like, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast. It's like this town will just like, it just it hurts, dude. It'll hurt you <laughs> to like the deepest cut. It'll yeah. chew you. It'll chew you up and spit you out again and again. And you know, eventually, you just I don't know. You grow calluses there. It just doesn't hurt any. Like it it bought it hurts. I guess like yeah. But like the other day, I was in a right. And I found out in the right that like the co-writer was like getting the single on this artist that I knew it was like between two songs, just in the middle of the right. And I did, I thought about this later. I didn't even flinch. It was just like, eh. that's amazing. Happens. Yeah. Teach me, you know, I'll get the next one, I guess. I mean, <laughs> what choice do you have? Like, yeah, that's how I look at it. Like over the last three years, all the stuff I went through, you know, at the tail end of my Warner deal and then going independent, like, dude, it was just like knife wound after knife wound. You know, I lost like lost my agent in that 
moment, my publishing deal, a record deal, you know, you're just like literally like looking at the sky going like, well, am I just not cut out for, you know, like, should I just go home? And then you just don't go home. How long between should I go home and I'm not going home was that? Uh, I never, I never thought about leaving. I, I was, I never was, yeah. I was never going to go home. Yeah. Because, because I was too, um, I was too, frankly, like I was quite embarrassed by it. Yeah. Like I felt like it was unfair. Um, and I was embarrassed. I was like, I, I, you know, same thing you're talking about. It's like, oh, no one's going to want to write with me. No one's going to want to work with me, you know, if I don't have this going for me. But of course, like, it's not that way. You know, I, like the people that I write with, that I write great songs with, like, I still write with all the time. And in fact, better. And in, in fact, like, as soon as I got out of my record deal, I started releasing music independently. And the very first song I put out blew up on TikTok and made me like a good amount of money and also had I been signed like probably would have never come out and if it had blown up in the same way like I wouldn't have made any money man that so, makes me so happy for you it just didn't you know it was it was fine like it was it was always like gonna be fine like uh, to me like just that I feel like I'm made to do this to write songs to to be an artist so like whatever is written in the stars for me will be. So I just really, as much as I can, of course, I'm not perfect, but as much as I can, whenever something doesn't go my way, I'm like, okay, well, I can't see the other side of this coin yet. You know, um, I can't see like, this is oftentimes the worst things that have happened to me so far in my career, like were actually the best things that happened to me. If that makes sense, always. So, whenever can something, you actually see it in the moment that way? Mm, no. Yeah. Of course not. That'd be amazing. But I can have faith, like when I hear something like, "Oh, I didn't get the single." You know, you're just like, "Well, okay, maybe I'll get the next one," or, or you know, I don't know. I'm just like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah. This is just like the universe charging me up. Like it's just pulling me back for pulling me back further, so that <laughs> one day I'll just you know explode and and go go super far. I don't know. It, These it are literally the lies is I tell who, myself. No, dude, that's <laughs> how it works. It's literally who can not quit the longest, dude. It's all about survival. Yeah, and being I think being a good person helps. Yeah, I I mean I think so. I mean, there's a lot of times where I talk like I'm talking to my wife or like a friend in the industry where I'm like, man, maybe next year I should be a dick. Because nah. I feel like you know some dicks. Like the guys who are getting over on you seem to be doing well. But I do feel like at low times or when you're cold or whatever you want to call it, yeah, you have more people like still like reaching out to write or wanting to hang out or willing to pull you in and just yeah. because they like you. Totally. Yeah. And like, you know, those are your those are like your 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 soldiers that are in the trench with you. So like when when something is not going somebody's way. For a friend of mine, like, I'm like, dude, it's, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just try and like, yeah, be a friend or hang out or, I don't know, act normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, 
because it'll it'll be fine. But it is it is like I think the best thing that anybody can do for their career is like just be oriented towards like survival, so that you know when you first get started, you do oftentimes get a nice little chunk of money, and like you know don't blow it if you can. Yeah. And maybe that's a lesson you got to learn. Yeah. But if you can just get yourself in a situation where it's like you can last for years, it'll work out, you know? Yeah. That's what I've seen. That's been my experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I agree. I do think the lessons are important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to blow the money to, to save it, I guess. You got to touch that stove a couple times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so how, how does that, uh, like, what is, what is your, what does your life look like now in terms of, uh, yeah, I didn't answer your question at all. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even remember what the question was. We got off the pop stuff. Didn't really translate the country fast, but as you know, I think like the having tracks done in the room became like way more of a thing around then, or maybe even before I moved here. Yeah. And the excitement of like someone who has had a a pop cut um got me into other rooms here yeah um i was just careful about like how in the way i got on the writing side i have imposter syndrome like so bad really so i feel like i could hang yeah. with some of these writers um <laughs> i'm not gonna write the lifestyle song because i didn't live that and i know that uh, you can't fake that yeah um when you say you have like imposter syndrome like how does that like manifest itself for dude, you like even with Sean, the guy that I, Sean Small, who I work with, yeah, I'm like, man, I hope like he leaves here today, being like, man, Sam really killed it. Yeah, he <laughs> killed it. Um, I think I don't know. It's just like stuff, like personal stuff. I'm just like working on. It's just like yeah. I think, and like you said, the industry, dude, it like beats you down to where you question yourself. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Um, I think it's just like learning to like it's it's all tying back to just what you said. It's like just learning to be okay with the the whiffs or the misses, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, you see like some of these new guys like on this rocket ship, and you're like, man, he's been he, there's no way he's been here for ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's like especially here more so. It's like the writing part because everyone is so good. Yeah. And I'm slower. Like I'm not. I don't think I'm worse, but some of these guys, man, they yeah, are they're like, quick. they're making grown men cry in 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but for real, they yeah. like, they say stuff and I'm like still trying to grasp like the first thing they said. And so, yeah, I think it's that, I think it's just, and then I just realized like, no one's even paying attention to that. Right. No one's sitting there as they're writing, even if it is like an Ashley Gorley or someone, no one's in the middle of writing the song thinking like, this dude isn't saying anything. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything, but like, they're not thinking like that. I, I hope. Right. No, I don't think anyone, <laughs> I don't think anyone ever thinks that way. And, um, and if they, and now you know, I'm like, if they do, I don't want to write with that person. I, yeah, I, 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 I find when I listen back to these that I end up repeating myself, but it's, it makes sense in this context of like, there's this thing about just trying to like, understand, like, what you're supposed to do in the room that day mm. with your role or whatever, where you're just like, I don't know. I like certain combos where I know I'm going to be doing the majority of the lyric mm -hmm. and the melody. Um, because if, if I'm with a certain combination, 
of somebody that's like more in a heavy heavy produ- production role where I know I'm going to get like a dope sounding track. I love those days because I get to bring in like a fully a more fully formed idea and know that you know I'm going to get something really cool out of it. Yeah. You know, and and I um I think something that's probably underrated, you know, you could write a song yourself. Like I could write a song by myself and do a little work tape or go get it demoed. But um, just in the limited like production roles that I do, a work tape doesn't stand up to a demo. Like people say all the time, we can hear through a demo. We can hear through a work tape. And it's like when you're listening to six songs back to back and three of them are work takes, tapes and then you hear like a, a pretty fully fleshed out demo, it's like, sounds like a hit <laughs> yeah so make so if you can make an a and r's job easy life is good you know for I mean? sure yeah um and that's what a great track can do yeah how's how close does like um did you do like the track for i don't know like the for juice no no um she had a producer that does all her stuff that she signed to and gotcha um a lot of the stuff we do now um becomes the final track yeah um maybe it's like we definitely polished up from that day or whatever sure Um, but yeah that's the goal these days for me yeah uh i've been working on like bigger projects like getting to do full eps or albums or we've done some stuff on movies lately and yeah that gives you more room to like mess up and try shit sure which i have fun helping an artist like they they're looking for a new lane or to more defined the lane they're in or right which i think is important for a newer artist at least yeah and that's fun for me that's i kind of think where i i really do well yeah you're getting to like build the sonic universe yeah somebody and even if they have a clear idea of it just helping them bring that to life is rewarding dude that's awesome yeah what percentage are you doing you know like country versus pop now would you say rough estimate it depends who you're asking because <laughs> like a lot of the country people that I work with often are like the crossover people. Yeah. Um, so like Breland, I do all Breland stuff. Yeah. I saw you have like a lot of yep. um, um, credits on there. Yeah. And like Keith. Yeah. Um, we worked with a lot. Um, uh, we've been working like on, on Danielle's new thing for like a year. Okay. Just about to start coming out this year. I'm excited about that. That's Danielle awesome. Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for the layman. Yes. And, um, so country for the last couple of months, just finishing the, those because yeah. those are bigger projects. Um, and we did this like Netflix, like high school musical, but set in the country thing, That's um, which is coming out. Um, other than that, I'd say it's like 60, 40 pop to country. How do you balance um, as someone that writes songs and is a producer, how do you balance like making sure that you have time? for both how do you prioritize your time like is that like a set thing or is it just kind of week by week dude that is like the number one thing i am working on is like well a the work-life balance like staying mentally healthy but that what you just said is like literally like the last two months i've had to set time in the mornings before i even go to the studio to be like all right today try and come up with some titles some concepts oh interesting and like another day like maybe mess around and it's less these days that people want this, but like some track start ideas. Yeah. Because I was out. I was running on E. 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just ideas. Just like, yeah, I was like burned out and couldn't come up with them. And also like just didn't have the time, like you said. Yeah. It's like, should I come up with 10 titles or should I finish the three songs that I owe people from last week? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but even like outside of preparing for rights, like how many, um, okay, let's use Daniel Bradbury as an example. Mm-hmm. Like you're working on her record. Are you setting aside weeks, days? Like how do you kind of break up versus, you know, like, oh, I'm doing production today versus like we're writing today. Does that, does that make sense? Right. Um, it's probably easier for, like I said, I like, I can't think months ahead. ahead. Yeah. So if I was going to tell you how a week would be, yeah, it's probably like two set rights from like either me or a publisher or yeah. somebody. And then which winds up being four or five because you get called and someone pulls you in and you can't say no. You want to hop in on this thing? Right. On your, on your day off? Yeah. yeah. When I'm really backed up, I'll call my publisher and be like, we got to, we got to clear a week for, and, and now they, like I said, they, they know me. So they build in like bigger chunks to, to finish. Yeah. It just depends. Dude. It's different with every artist. Like when I started working with Danielle, it was like, let's, she was doing an EP and that became like more and, right. um, but it, I'd say it's like a two rights a week. Gotcha. Goal. Yeah. But do you set, you'll set aside like an entire day? Oh, like, for sure. Like, like I'll, I gotta have a day or else no one's getting songs back and gotcha. I'm an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to just, keep, I, I think, um, you know, when you first get started, it's really hard. And we've talked about this before. Like, you know, you're, you're so, when you, when you have nothing going on, you're so anxious for anything to be on your plate. And then as you go along, your plate gets full. And you're like, please, more. And then you reach a point where you go, oh, I can, this is not sustainable, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm burnt out or I have too much or I'm, I'm letting people down or I'm not even able to contribute like in this room. For sure. You know, and, yeah. that, and that to me, that's, that's the scariest thing. Like, like the writing room is like very sacred to me. Um, and I always want to like give it my best so like even on a day like today, I was writing with a new artist and we drove uh, home from, we played a show in Boston on Saturday night. So we drove basically st- not straight through, but pretty much. Jeez. So I got to, I got back to Nashville last night at like 10. Oof. Walk into my house, like, you know, haven't been home in four days. So hanging with the wife, like just trying to clean up and then just go to bed and then like I'm going I'm driving to this right this morning and I'm like I'm cooked dude but I really I really want to crush today so I'm just like channeling all my energy into like trying to make sure and it was great but yeah. I think that a lot of that was just my mentality of like going like, this is imp- me telling like my body and my brain like this is important to me yeah, yeah. you know like like be psyched for this yeah I think you know? if you lose that it's probably time to like consider another life path. <laughs> yeah. You got to love it. You got to, you got to love getting shit on because you're going to get shit on. And you get like, like I said, like you said, it's like, there's days where I'm like, I don't know if I love this song. And I, I don't know if I need to spend a whole day finishing this record. Mm. But then I think about this new writer, a new artist and, and how excited they are. And they just poured their story into this thing. Yeah. And I can't not try my best for that person, which is probably a, a, this is something I should work on, but I'm, I'm with you. It's like a sacred You're thing. You're a people pleaser. 
yeah, I just like, yeah. also it's just like, it's part of it. And like, what do I know too? Like, what if this is the best song ever? Dude, and sometimes it is like that, right? Right. I'm like, most of the time. Man, I, yeah, there was a song last year that I was like, literally told my publisher, I was like, this song is terrible. <laughs> and like, um, it wasn't, you know? It, it, it's doing something. So I was like, Amazing. okay, well, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So yeah, even like day to day, like sometimes I'll think something isn't good and then listen back and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. That next know? day listen is important. It is. Yeah. It is. Sometimes it's like next month listen. Next you know? month, next year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. great, great songs will always like resurface. I yeah. do believe that for sure. Yeah. So, well, what is something that you, I had a, um, somebody like, asked me uh, tweeted at me they were like hey will you ask somebody on your podcast like what is it what what like makes someone a good co-writer or collaborator with with you in the room like what are what are things that stand out to you that like make you excited like that's to me that was two questions okay right? sure excited versus good like someone that's a good co-writer yeah like what makes someone a good co-writer to you <clears throat> hmm that's an important question yeah. I think I think a big one for me is like being willing to be wrong. Oh, interesting. And that could mean like say the dumb ideas out loud, you know? Yeah. Um, because sometimes those ones are great or they spark the great ones. Mm -hmm. And also like be willing to, if you come in with a chorus, you're like, this is it. <laughs> and the three other people in the room are like, what if we change this thing? You got to think, we all do this professionally. It's three to one. They're, they might be on to something, you know? Yeah. Because we all know that the people who are like, no, they fight it and you're spending an hour talking about some pronoun that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think that, be vulnerable. Yeah, be vulnerable and be willing to make mistakes, yeah. I'd say. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not being precious is like. For me too, I think too. trying to do different things. Okay. I'm not good with like the, let's write the same song. Let's, let's, let's write the song that's like crushing a radio now, you know? Oh, Kate, dude, I'm, I'm, I can't with, do I'm that. with you 100%. Yeah. Like I, I hate, I hate it when it's like, let's chase this thing. I'm like, oh, dude, I, that's so uninspiring to me. It's the worst. I, I know I'm not, I'm not like built for that. I get like pitch sheets, you know, from my publisher or whatever. Like I am not good at that. Mm -mm. Like and every time I get it, I think that I can be. <laughs> like there's one right where I'm like, oh, we could do a Blake Shelton thing. Yep. Dude. I don't know why. Don't send it to me. Don't. Well, it is useful to me in this, in in this, in this, from the standpoint of, I will look at it and go, oh, this person's cutting. I remember this song that I wrote six months ago? Like, let's. True. Um, Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I just had one go that way. I saw, I saw an artist's name on a list and was like, oh. I should send them this song. Nice. And I did. Maybe I do need those to be sent again. Well, I mean, it, it, it was an idea sparker. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, and I, I'd always like you. to have ideas sparked. Me too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I got one more question. What would you for say you? to that, by the way? What would I say to what? Have you answered that on the podcast before? You're what? a great co writer. Oh, um, I think my answer is probably similar to yours. Like, I just like, when people are open to whatever that day requires. And I'm never like, I feel like I am oftentimes in like a, a sort of 
a situation where it's me who I am a songwriter and an artist. And then I am with a songwriter and an artist and then maybe a, a producer track guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was starting out, I was very like protective of like, it's like, oh, this song is good. I need to be the artist on this song, right? Like this song is too good. I was very precious about it. Mm. Um, and I never, I never feel that way now. Like to me, I just try and literally like keep myself open to whatever. And a lot of times that's like, oh, this song is perfect for this person, the, the other artist in the room right now. Right. Or, um, this song is like not for me and I'm feeling that like, I'm, I will fight right. Like during the right, I'll, I'll be fighting like an invisible force of like you, Troy Cartwright, the artist wouldn't say this and, and I'll put up a fight and then eventually go, okay, that's fine. It's just, this song isn't for you, but it might be for someone. Yeah. You know? And, and, and then other days I am like, I'm like this, I have to. Yeah. Like I gotta, I gotta leave, like this one's, this one's for me or I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And if I feel that, then I'll, I'll dig in. That's you know? so cool because I don't have that part of the brain, you know? Right, right. And I, I think that's that's inspiring to me. Like if you were in the room and felt that way, I would be like, we're like, I'll fight to the death for this guy to have this song too. Yeah, yeah. If you feel that, like that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I and I, you know, I I have like a smaller collaborator pool these days anyway. So like I've been working on like there's like a whole record I'm working on where it's like I write it with the same group of people and it's like we don't even turn it in. Yeah. You know, we're just like cool, we'll just wait. Yeah. You know. Which is um, awesome. Yeah, it's sick. I bet your next project is going to be amazing. Uh, dude, I hope so. Yeah, uh, it's it's taking um, it's taking forever, but sometimes the good stuff. Does, dude, good so. man. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Um, well, my last question before I let you go here is like, if you um, could go back to to younger you ten years ago, what what kind of advice would you would you mm. give yourself? It's going to be more life related. I think. I think that's, it's. That's I think perfect. it's just it's okay to to rest and take care of yourself. Mm. And it's probably more important than like whatever extra day or hour of the night you're putting in. Um, like, have you been through a real burnout? Like I, I did two years ago and it took me a while to get it back. Yeah. And I think like my body was hurting, like everything. And now that I force myself to be reasonable or take a day off, mm. I write better, I make better stuff. Yeah, you're better because you're rested. Yeah, and back then I thought like I was I thought I was making it because well I write, I work like work 25 hours you know and yeah now it's like if I do that I know I'm gonna like come there that's what I'm gonna come with like the shittiest day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be mine. Just take care that. of yourself. It's like you don't you can you can make it in this industry even if you're not working 25 hours. I mean yeah. the hustle is important, but like not at the expense of like being happy. You have to work hard, but you working there, there's a, there's a confusion between working hard and working like yourself into the ground. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't work. You know, there are times where I know, I know right now, today's a great example. I'm pushing my, I'm in the red for sure today. Like I know that, but I also know that tomorrow I have a day off and like I people, I've had two things come up. Can you do this tomorrow? No. 
I cannot. That's a hard skill to learn. Because I ha- tomorrow I have to do nothing. Like I have to wake up when my body wants to wake up and just, you know. Right. Live. That being said, if like Luke Combs called you. Yeah, I'll be there. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like a, a guru with taking care of yourself until Luke Combs calls. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck my body. I'm yeah. going in. Yeah. If Luke Combs calls, uh, I'll be there for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for being here. And thanks for having me. I really, uh, I, I feel like I learned a lot about you and I think people are going to love this. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah, awesome. Love the podcast. Dude, thank you. All right. That's it. That's the pod. See you later.